so good for you for real for fun for everyone you're listening to out loud orlando the homo happy hour the most unique radio show and podcast heard of its kind when you ask every tuesday at 4 p.m eastern time and where at wprk 91.5 fm the best in basement radio i am your host dj crazy jc john this is episode 109 109 109 episodes yes you can find uh, you can catch up on past episodes at www.homohappyhour.com and yes this is thanksgiving week there's a lot to talk about yes it is you hear him there it's my co-host dj crazy jc (laughs) (laughs) tom the elderberry (laughs) hey sybil (laughs) yes i was having a civil moment that's all right Oh my God! It's schizophrenia day. That. We're all here. I took my meds. I swear. <laughs> That's okay. I took mine too. <laughs> Putting the bi in bipolar. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ma'am. So it's Tom the Elderberry, as you can hear. We have all kind of stuff to discuss. Some not so good. Although our our motto is life is too serious to take seriously. Sometimes there are things that are just serious that you just can't help. But let's go into local. Local? Yes. Let's just go ahead and start with local since it's good stuff. Jump in tonight at 7 p.m. at Tactical Brewing with Drag Bingo and Brendan Bunting O'Connor. There's also Twisted Tuesday at Southern Nights. And there is Seat Club Secrets with April Fresh and Twyla Holiday and their guests. Tic Tac. There's also... Um, what was the other one I was going to say? Not, it's not this week. The comedy show isn't this week. But at Cocktails and Screams, it's over on Pine and That's Orange. That's tonight. Is tonight is Magic Michael. It is a male horror dance review. That sounds so interesting. And it's the first one that they're doing. It sounds so interesting. Yeah, it's, it's basically like strippers with um, different horror masks on. Jason masks, Scream masks. I just think that's so funny. And then tomorrow night is Thanksgiving Eve, and there's a show at Savoy with Chantel Roche at 10.30. Yes. And Friday and Saturday in Orlando, we have Fusion Fest, which is going to be at the Dr. Phillips Center for the Performing Arts. Mm-hmm. It is no, it, it's free admission, and it's bringing the kaleidoscope of Orlando's culture. So, and also tonight is um, at Persimmon, what what Doug used to do, what Taffy used to do, the bingo, but it's Mystery Hugger is doing it. Oh, good. So we have two of them tonight. You yes. can bingo yourself into a frenzy. Yes, you can. And then Saturday after the turkey, we have the annual Bad Santa and the Angry Elves. That's sad because Bad Santa was, was also, oh no, he was Drunk Santa. Yeah, the Doug, Drunk Santa. Yeah. But this is, they used to be at Will's Pub. Mm-hmm. This is going to be at the Abbey. Oh. You can find them at facebook.com slash Bad Santa and the Angry Elves. That's going to be Saturday night. 
That always good. a fun show. That sounds good. Like, because really they put good. oh, it's they they kill it. Yeah. Every year they kill it. That's great. That is great. Well, that wasn't the right euphemism. I was gonna say I was I was gonna and say I'm not gonna it. say they didn't they're gonna slay either. Right. But they are very good. They're really good. They <laughs> rock out. Yes, they rock. they they rock out. Yeah. I was always going to say something. Yeah, different. I'm sorry about that. That was not a good segue. <laughs> I was going to say, no, not that. <laughs> We're not going to get into that yet. Well, we probably will. Um, so that deals with local. You can find local stuff also in your local Orlando Weekly, Watermark Magazine. Um, yeah. All kind of different places, really. But um, those are free free papers that you can pick up anywhere. Yeah, and the recent one of Orlando Weekly gives you the stuff that's going on through the new year. Yes, yes. Every night, every day. I mean, I think next week, two weeks, is the Orlando Gay Chorus doing their holiday number. Mm -hmm. I can't believe we're already getting into holidays. Yeah. I'm ready for those sleigh can't bells. believe it. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> that word again. <laughs> so, so our two things, you can start with the two things that you've learned or taken from this past week, Tom. My first one is don't let anybody old shame you. Yes. Just because you're old doesn't mean you can't remember 2014. Yes, or 2013. Or, or 1987. Exactly. Or 1976. Right, and just because you might prefer old music, like I prefer 80s music and new wave 80 music at that, it doesn't mean that I'm not up on music nowadays, like Lado, Lizzo, right. you know. Saucy Santana. Yeah, yeah, there's so many that, you know, we listen to. I know, it's just, old shaming is just not a good thing. No, it's not, it's kind of ageist. It's kind of, but it's okay. It's okay, though. Yes. <laughs> and what's your second And my thing? second one is when you have somebody that has been caught up in whatever they were caught up in mm -hmm. and they break free and you watch them emerge like a butterfly again is yes. amazing. Yes, it is. It really is. So those are the two things I've took. My things are kind of down, <laughs> dark. My first, though, is don't be scared of drag queens. Meaning, you know, nowadays, right now, there's so much thing about drag queens grooming and stuff, and it's, it's to cause fear from the right side. You mean combing your hair? No. Oh. And causing grooming. Well, that's what I consider <laughs> I know. grooming. No, I know that, but you know what I mean. That that it's coming from one side that is grooming is happening, and as drag queens, kids shouldn't be around drag queens and all that. But something that we've learned this from this past week is that people are safe around drag queens, and 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 it's at, you know. That wasn't just a drag queen. She was actually trans. Right. But people are safe around them. And the last one is life is full of bumps in the road. Um, Always. I talk openly about my stepmother having Alzheimer's. And it's gotten worse to where they're all actually talking um, a possible um, um, hospice. And that's just like, I mean, we were, it hasn't even been a year that she was diagnosed that fast. Yeah, but 
with any disease, sometimes it happens very, very fast. Yeah, yeah, and it's just gotten to where, because uh, my stepsister, she's called um, my stepbrothers, and let them know, hey, if you want to come see her, you might want to come down and see her now, so she might be able to remember you, because she still has good days. Right. So, yeah, that's my two. And, the other, and it also just has to do with also the whole stuff, the bumps in the road from everything that we're going to talk about right now. Colorado Springs with the Club Q shooting. That. It, it was a trigger. It triggers. Yeah, it was a trigger. If, you know, if, if, if trigger because we dealt with Paul. Um, just the first, you know, it brings back even, I mean, it was weird. I mean, I wasn't at Pulse when it happened, luckily, but, um, it triggers all those feelings. Yeah, it does. It really does. It's almost like a PTSD thing. It is PTSD. And it's just so sad. Um, you know, our hearts go out to everyone in Colorado Springs that's dealing with that. And in Orlando, if it, it caused you to be triggered. Exactly. And Orlando, if it caused you to be triggered. Um, two of the people that were murdered were trans, and that is Kelly Loving and Daniel Aston. And then there's also the bartender, Derek Rump, and Ashley Pugh, and then Raymond Green. So our hearts go out to all their friends and family. And if you feel that you can and would like to give... You can go to coloradogives.org, and it's the Colorado Healing Fund that you can specify your money to go to. Right. And from this, there is a kudos to give. I mean, we just want to give a kudos to Mr. Fierro, who was the veteran who first took down the shooter. Hero. Yes, an ally and a hero. Hero. Yes. Um... That you know, basically, he said that he grabbed the gun out of his hand. He just started hitting him in the head over and over with his gun, with the guy's own gun. And as the fight continued, he yelled for other club patrons to help. And uh, one man grabbed the rifle and moved away to safety. And he thought it was a drag queen, but but it was actually a transsexual, a female, stomped on the gunman with her high heels. The whole time, Mr. Fiara said that he kept pummeling the shooter's head while the two men screamed obscenities at each other. Police arrived a few minutes later. The gunman was no longer struggling. Mr. Fiara said he feared that he had killed him, but the suspect in the shooting was taken into custody and he remained hospitalized on Monday afternoon. I will say that a lot of gays and lesbians have served in the military and they know how to handle themselves in those situations. Exactly. And there's also people that are allies that have served, and in this case, Mr. Fierro. And he instinctually did what he was trained to do. Yes. Yes. So you might come for us, but don't think that we don't know how to defend ourselves. And the transsexual did what she was trained to do. <laughs> Use those heels. <laughs> Any weapon is a weapon when you're being I, attacked. I tell you, I've always said it whenever I would do drag, if people started giving me, you know, guff about it, straight people while you're out in public, I'd lift my heel up and I'm like, hey, this can go through your head real fast. <laughs> but it's caused a lot of the police and things to rethink the run, hide, and then fight yeah. scenario. Mm -hmm. In this case, if anybody would have not fought back, it could have been exponentially worse. It would have worse. been another pulp. 
exponentially worse. Yes. Yeah. The time has come that we sometimes we have to fight. Mm-hmm. And in the current climate that we're in, we have to be aware and we and stand up for ourselves mm-hmm. in whatever situation that is, in my opinion. Oh, I know. I feel the same way. It's my opinion also that we have to. Like I like Darcel Stevens says, be vigilant, but not be afraid ever. That's. If it's your time, it's your time. Go out swinging. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's just so sad, though. It's horrible. Mm-hmm. The man that had to to beat him up, Mr. Fiaro, lost his son or his future son-in-law. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he's in case nobody knows, he was a straight man. He was there with his wife and his daughter and his daughter's boyfriend to watch fiance. to watch the performer to watch a drag show. And Mrs. Pugh, that was killed, she went out with her friend, mm-hmm. both straight, dinner shopping, went there to watch Del- Delusional. Mm-hmm. Yep. J- just, it was stunning that it was only six minutes from the time that the call until the time that police were there. Mm-hmm. And a fast response. Very fast response. Which was really good. I think just the timing of everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But our alleged shooter, he comes from a family that has sort of indoctrinated him into this. Mm-hmm. In some ways. That's what I don't get, though. What I don't get is, I mean, his family, we know his grandfather probably had a lot to do with but... His own mother, who knows, because, I mean, he was threatening her with a bomb a year ago. Okay. Who threatens their mother with a bomb? I'm going to blow you up, Mom. I'm going to blow my mom up. Who does that? <laughs> Nobody <laughs> I know. And it's sad that the mother did not press charges against him. That's why it did not go under the red flag. Law. And he changed his name. Yes. Yes. It was a ticking time bomb. Yes. Yes. I'm sure. At first I was like, okay, how is this going to turn out? You know, is this, is it, was somebody gay? Because we didn't know anything about him at first, his name or anything like that. And I'm like, is this a gay person that went and is killing us? Or is this a straight person that's going out and killing us? What is going on? Is this? Yeah, there was a lot of information flying second, around. The second they kept saying that this was being investigated as a hate crime, I'm like, there's a reason they're investigating. They have some, they have something that tells them this is a hate crime. They're not going to charge you with a hate crime unless they know they have you for a hate crime. I think it's also interesting that because it's in Colorado with a gay governor, mm-hmm. that might have had something to do with the hate crime. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's more protections there than there is in some states with Republican governors. Right. Because right. he understands the... The culture. Uh, he yeah. understands our culture. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. And he, yeah. So congratulations to Jared Polis and everybody in Colorado that's handling this in the manner that they are. Yeah, and he's doing really good. He was on The View today, today, and he was talking to the girls on The View about it. And he was explaining about the red flag law and how, you know, it was sad that the guy went under the radar. But But it seems like he did everything he could to get under the radar. Exactly. Exactly. 
So one good thing that came out of it was at the AMAs, Kim Petras, who is also who is a transsexual performer, she pays tribute to the Colorado shooting victims during the AMAs. She came out and she said, gay clubs raised me. And this was on Saturday. Um, she was she was going to present for best pop song. She took a moment and she said, I can't stop thinking about Colorado today. She said, gay clubs raised me, basically. And I can confidently say that no one loves pop music more than gay clubs. So my heart goes out to you. And congratulations, Kim Petras. Yes, congratulations, Kim Petras. And Dove Cameron also said in her response to her award that she was there for the community. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So what did you think about the AMAs overall? I loved it. I thought it was really good. Um, there were, oh, let me pull out my old man card. There were a lot of some of them that I didn't know who they were. Ah, who's that? <laughs> but that was mainly like some of the hip hop ones. Right. Some of the ones I didn't know who they were. Um, I thought Pink did wonderful in the beginning, but I thought she did absolutely wonderful with Hopelessly Devoted to You. Yeah, with she her nailed that. To Olivia and all the pictures they had of Olivia and the background going on. I just thought that was great. Yeah, she really did that, that right. And that it was separated. It wasn't part of an in memoriam. It was separated. It was its own tribute. Well, Olivia started in what, 73? Mm-hmm. And I Honestly and she, Love You was one of the only songs she never let anybody else sing. Right. Right. She um, actually, she let her daughter sing it. Um, um, Chloe, her daughter, did a version of it. But that's her daughter, and she loves her daughter very much, and that's why she would. Yeah. A matter of fact, speaking of Chloe, Chloe, Chloe went on, she was on um, Instagram Live not long ago, and she seems to be doing very well. She was having a good day because we know, well, I know what it's like to lose your mother, and that's a very hard thing. And for her to so soon get back on social media, I was like, oh, good. She's doing good. We've, we've actually um, chatted back and forth on DMs. Fun. Yeah, she's really a sweet girl. I'm really looking forward to girl. the Grammys, too, because there are a boatload of queer people up for nominations this yeah. year. Yeah, I can't wait for the Grammys. And Honey Dijon, if you happen to know in the dance world, she dropped her album Black Girl Magic. Mm -hmm. She's a transsexual DJ and artist. She wrote Cozy on Beyonce's album. She mm -hmm. produced a couple of the tracks. Amazon Music picked her as album of the week. So she was back home in New York this weekend. There she is on a three-story billboard. All right. On bus shelter posters. On subway posters. All right. I'm like, honey. That's when you're like, I honey, know I made it. You have made it. I know I made it. Well, yeah. you have a three-story video billboard with your face, your album cover, and then some of her moves from uh, yeah. her clothing line, which yeah. I can't say. Right. Honey F. Dijon. Right. Amazing. Just awesome. Awesome. Um, speaking of, well, not speaking of sports, but speaking of, you know, having something lovely happen to you, Isaac Humphreys, who is an Australian basketball player, he has made history as being the first active top-tier league athlete in basketball to come out as gay. 
Yay. 24-year-old cutie, twink. He is speaking to his Melbourne United teammates about his decision to come out and his desire to use it as an opportunity to represent people who were struggling with their sexuality. Excuse me. He says, I know how that feels. You can live and you don't have to hide. Word. He acknowledged that internalized homophobia led him to some extremely dark times, and this had influenced his decision to be out on the court. He said that LGBTQ plus representation in basketball was seen as a negative point of difference, but spending time in L.A. after an injury led him to see how being openly gay can come with joy. Yep. He wrote that in an op-ed piece in CNN. So he is the first active basketball player in a top-tier league globally to come out, as well as the first Australian male player and the first in the Australian National Basketball League to do so. And he did get support across the basketball world. The American National Basketball League tweeted to him, We are proud and grateful to Isaac for sharing his story. We know the real impact his honesty and courage will have on many others. Isaac has our unwavering respect and support. So now we have Carl Nassab. We have Mr. Humphreys. Yes. Our sports are getting gayer and gayer. Yes. Yeah, even his coach, um, Dean Vickerman, he expressed support and admiration for him. So, yeah, we're not only having them come out in sports, but we're having them... Represent us. And also be accepted. I mean, be accepted by the teammates and being accepted by their coaches, like we were just talking about. I'm not saying that all the fans are going to support it. Well, as an oldster... I mean, since 1969, there's been people coming out and showing representation. Yes. 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 So I think that they have a history that we didn't have built upon people that have shown their bravery and be who they are, their authentic self. Right. Exactly right. And also in sports, um, in soccer, the... U.S. men's soccer team, they would redesign the logo and they incorporated the LGBTQ pride flag to its badge, which can be seen in the soccer team's hotel, media areas, and parties throughout the Qatar World Cup. But that has angered far-right groups in the U.S. So. Yeah, that whole that whole FIFA Cup is a kind of a, a confluence of problems. Yes, yes. So what the uh, a spokesman for the U.S. So- uh, soccer team says, our rainbow badge has an important and, cons- and consistent role in the identity of U.S. soccer. As part of our approach for any match or event, we include rainbow branding to support and embrace the LGBTQ community, as well as promote a spirit of inclusiveness and welcoming to all fans across the globe. What... Um, what happened, I know, with some of them was some of the ones that were doing that, they had to actually take them off. The armbands. They had to take off the uh, the armbands in Qatar because... Because? Because it's Qatar. The same reason they couldn't sell beer at the stadium after they got $75 million from Budweiser. Right. Right. Because Qatar, very Muslim area, and they are very anti-gay. Anti-LGBTQ. Anti-drinking. Yes. Yeah. So, 
basically, Media Matters reported that Daily Wire host and anti-LGBTQ host Matt Walsh, in a rant on his Daily Show, said, The corporate gay pride stuff is just sheep's blood on the door, signaling that they are the chosen people, so the angel of cancellation passes them over. But as far as symbolism goes, I think it's appropriate that they should change the colors of the American flag with the colors of the LGBTQ flag. We already did that. And then he says, I mean, it's horrendous, it's traitorous, it's treasonous. If I was in charge of the country, they wouldn't be allowed back into the country. But it's also appropriate because the LGBTQ nation, LGBT Anistan, as I may, we may call it, the country that corporate America as well as the United States government seeks to re- represent. He's just going on a rant. Oh, Lord. A rant that has the angel to do of what? The a- huh? What was it? The angel of what? It was toward the beginning of it. Oh. Um, the angel of cancellation? The angel angel of cancellation, yeah. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Yeah. And he was just... Uh, he's just going off about it. There were different ones that, you know, have gone off. But during a press conference, Greg Berhalter, who's the head coach of the, of the U.S. men's soccer team, said... I think that when we are on the world stage and we're in Qatar, it's important to bring awareness to these issues, and that's what we—that's what be the change is about. Exactly. Be the change. Does that sound familiar? Mahatma Gandhi. Billy. Oh, there's a lot. <laughs> I know. And Billy would have said sports ball. <laughs> yeah. To all of these stories, it yeah. would have been sports ball. Sports ball. But yeah, so. Talking about sports, yeah. Yeah. Had those problems. It was built in. But the whole community knew this was coming. Yeah. The bid was from 2016. Yeah. This has just been building up. If people had a problem with where it was going to be held, they should have spoken up when they got the bid. Right. And knowing how Qatar is, I mean, that's for the for us to have for the U.S. men's soccer team to have representation on them on their on their badges, because they did have the armbands and they had to take them off. But on the badges, that's great. That's that's just great. But what's sad is that somebody can't be out, and then being in Qatar, they could get arrested if they were out. What about all the LGBTQ sports fans that went to the games? Mm-hmm. They, if they show any, if they have any, absolutely any kind of anything on them, if they that that acknowledges them as LGBTQ, plus they can be arrested. I just think it was just funny as heck mm-hmm. that they waited until the night before to launch and bloop no liquor. yeah yeah exactly. and and Maluna caught some flack for doing the anthem with Nicki Minaj. Oh yes. He was in an interview that he walked out of when they're like, what about the human rights? He's like, rude, and got up and walked out. Yeah. Yeah. Got to talk about the elephant in the room, though. But they don't want to. They don't want to at all. Just to go through a list here, we have a list. Both Tom and I are very open about ourselves having HIV. And since we're talking about coming out, you know, in sports and stuff, and we, we want to talk about. And next week is World AIDS Day. Yes. No, not next week. December yeah, 1st. Well, what? Well, next week. December 1st is next week? Yeah, next Thursday. 
Oh my gosh. Hello, lady. It's the tw- it's one one two 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 two. I know. I didn't think about it coming up. Add it is seven, coming carry up next the three. Week. It is coming up next week. Yeah, World AIDS Day, WAD for short. But we um, have a, an article here about 10 inspiring queer celebrities who told the world about thriving with HIV, besides Tom and I. <laughs> oh, there's much bigger voices than yeah, us. there are a lot. Uh, Billy Porter is one. He revealed to the world that he lives with HIV in 2021, and he was diagnosed 14 years earlier. Um, and he's been around for a while. Yes, he has. I mean, he broke out in Kinky Boots. Mm-hmm. And then he truly broke out in Pose. Yes. Yes. Jonathan Van Ness is another who you might know from Queer Eye. He is the Jesus one with the long hair and the beard and stuff. He revealed, he re, they revealed that they're HIV positive in 2019 in their memoir, Over the Top. They were diagnosed in 2012. At the time, they were working in a hair salon and heavily into using drugs. But since then, um, they have entered rehab twice and has since cleaned up their act. Awesome. Which I have to say, this article is funny because the article is using the pronouns they, except for they said since he cleaned up his act. Well, when they did it, they were a he. Right, right. Right. And they wrote that day is just as devastating as you would think it would be. So um, in 2020, Van Ness gave an interview to Self about the decision to talk about his status. He said that there's a younger part in me that was scared if I did come out with my status to talk about it. That's all was going to be the only facet of me that people would want to talk about or see or acknowledge. However, he reached the understanding that it's only the facet that people are going to see me for. That's on them. That's not on me. Exactly. And the next one is Oliver Sim. And we've spoken about him on the show before. Yes, not long about. He was in the group VXX. He recently came out with his first solo album, Hideous Bastard. And he was preceded by the video Hideous. The song addresses being HIV positive and the stigma around the virus, which we both know about very much so. And the song and video also featured former Bronski Beat singer Jimmy Somerville, who is somebody who is else. He is out. Yeah. But it's amazing. I followed the XX and I had no idea that he'd been positive for 14 years. Me neither. Me neither. Not for that long. The next one is Greg Luganus. Oh, yeah. Which everyone, you know, have forgotten about Greg Luganus. This goes way back to 1988. Greg Luganus. Yeah. (laughs) Greg Luganus. Um, He tested positive for HIV six months before the Seoul Olympics in 1988. Um, he pretty much had to come out about it because of the he whole hit blood, his head, yeah. Because he hit his head in the whole blood situation and the ACT. Yes, yes. So that that was where he had to come out. Trinity K. Bonet, who many people know from RuPaul's Drag Race, thirty-one years old, found out he was found out she was HIV positive in 2012 when she attended a ball. Attendees could save thirty dollars on the ticket price if they agreed to get tested at the scene. That's what we need to have done again. Right. I know that many testing out there give out gift cards, but I think if they give out something like, hey, uh, wherever the venue you're at, you're going to get this much off if you come in and test. Because people do that. That's exactly how Trinity K. Benet did. Um, Andy Bell of Erasure. Yep. 
he's um he revealed in 2004 that he's been living with hiv since 1998 oh. so yay andy bell he and i were diagnosed the same year yay <laughs> andre de shields who many people don't know who he is but he is a broadway legend he's an old person too <laughs> 76 he's an actor singer dancer director and choreographer he scooped a Tony Award in 2019 for his role as Hermes in the original Broadway production of Hades Town. He's also been in the Netflix show Uncouple, and he played a neighbor of Neil Patrick Harris's lead character. He talked about his status to The Body, which is a website, in 2020. His life partner and mentor, Chico Casorino, died from age-related complications in 1992. DeShields has been living with the virus for around 30 years. So yay for you. I like what he said. About? The virus. About I want to make this as clear as I can once the psychoma understands the individual, that part. No, invite or, the problem to sit down with a cup of tea. Yes. yes. Because that's something that has resonated with me since I read it. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of us oldsters had to do that. Yes. We sit down for a cup of tea and ask, why am I here? Yeah, you make peace with it. Bless you. Oh, oh, that was so feminine. <laughs> and then the next is my favorite. I know, one of mine too. Very first concert I went to, Holly Johnson, uh, uh, Frankie Goes to Hollywood. If you're an oldie, you might remember them from the 80s. Relax. Frankie, say relax. Um, uh, oh gosh, here it comes again. He told The Guardian in 2014 that he lives a very health-conscious lifestyle. He says that he's um, very lucky in many respects. Many beautiful friends who were my gay extended family have gone, so I'm kind of living for them also in some ways, which it kind of feels that way, that if you lived through the 80s and the early 90s and you lost many people, then when you're HIV positive, you're asking yourself, why am I here and they aren't? You just live a day for them. And exactly. If you get down, you pick one of the ones that you that are lost, and you just live that day for them. Yes. And the next one is Mickey, Mikey Blanco. Mickey Blanco. Mickey Blanco. He's a singer, rapper, activist, and performance artist. In 2015, during Pride season, oh, they. It's a they. He his, Yeah. The pro hit. Right. Blanco's per- pronouns are they and them. So he's, uh, they says, I've been HIV positive since 2011, my entire career. Screw stigma and hiding in the dark. This is my real life. I'm healthy. I've toured the, toured the world three times, but I've been living in the dark. It's time to actually be as punk as I say I am. No more living a lie. Happy pride. Awesome. And then the next one is one of my also favorite singers. John Grant? Yes. John Grant cornered press attention as a singer with the alt-rock act, The Zars. The band split in 2006, and Grant went on to achieve greater commercial success as a solo artist with his breakthrough album being 2013 sophomore offering, Pale Green Ghosts. In 2012, he revealed on stage that he had been diagnosed with HIV positive the year before, and he explored some of his feelings about it in the song Ernest Borgnine. Or Borgnine. I remember that song. If you want to listen to one of the most empowering songs, Google John Grant and GMF. My friend turned me on to him right after he, he lives in Iceland. 
Right. And he had been in Iceland, and he's like, you need to listen to this guy. And it's just amazing because he sings our stuff. Our story. Right. That's exactly. He says um, He says about Ernest Borgnine, I was messing around with my life and indulging in destructive behaviors and ended up getting a disease that could have totally been avoided. When I look at the fact that there are millions of children in Africa with HIV who never got to choose, it makes me need to figure out why I let that happen to myself. And that song, Ernest Borgnine, is saying all those things. Yep. What's well, awesome. How awesome that is. But John Grant and Holly Johnson, those are just two of my favorites. I think The Power of Love is one of the most. Yes. That song is enduring. Yes, it really is. Frankie goes to Hollywood, The Power of Love. Just Holly singing it. I don't yeah. think anybody else can sing those words. Yeah, with the feeling that he has in it. Right. Yeah. So, talking about some other stuff, Let's talk, since we're talking about songs, there's been a study, and it seems that rats love dancing to Lady Gaga's gayest hit, Born This Way. What? The wonder of science has revealed that rats have an impeccable taste in music, as a study <laughs> shown that they enjoy dancing to Lady Gaga's Born This Way. Sadly, the video doesn't show them putting their paws up. And according to the study, the rats also responded well to another iconic queer track, Queens, another one bites the dust. Oh, Lord. So because of this, the internet officially declares that rats are part of the LGBTQ plus <laughs> community. <laughs> oh, I just don't know how to even rah, 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 rah. Yeah, so of course they're bringing out memes. So people are saying, even rats are born this way, Stan. Album of the millennium indeed. Someone says Chromatica is their fave album. They just uh, proof that Lady Gaga is a goddess and that rats are gay. And there's a video eating a Chromatica Oreo. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So ludicrous. Yes. I just can't imagine that we're spending all this money on science. To To find out rats like Gaga. that, That rats like Gaga and Queen. And Queen. Uh, I just think that's so funny. It, it's it's mind-boggling. It yeah. truly is mind-boggling. Yes, I, I think that is so funny. <laughs> I guess they really like that 128 beat a minute yeah. sound. <laughs> yes, like humans. <laughs> that's so funny. And going from rats to pigs. Yeah, going from rats to pigs. I was about to say that's the very same way, but not. I was going to say going from rats to pigs. Christian conservatives have began a campaign against the lesbian polar bears and Peppa Pig. It's a petition that tells family to beware. Peppa Pig is now boldly glorifying gay marriage. (sighs) And this comes from the anti-LGBTQ group, One Million Moms, OMM. They're circulating a petition against the beloved British children's show Peppa Pig after it aired one episode featuring a young polar bear child with two polar bear moms. The petition tells family to beware Peppa Pig is now boldly glorifying gay marriage. It states that OMM is concerned with the normalization of a sinful lifestyle choice during a children's show. It's animation. Mm Mm-hmm. And in the wild, if there was a polar bear cub, there might be two moms because the men are out, like, making other cubs. 
And not only that, the petition is asking Hasbro, which owns the right to Peppa Pig, to stick to entertaining and providing family-friendly programming instead of pushing an agenda. Now, the Peppa Pig episode that's in question aired back in September. Of course it The did. show has been on for 18 years, but this was the very first time featuring an LGBTQ couple. And be- believe it or not, Peppa Pig's parents, George Pig and Mama Pig, I know this because my autistic yeah, nephew yeah. is in love with Peppa Pig. You don't Pig. have to explain yourself. He, um, what's weird is they have their straight couples on there. <laughs> there are all kinds of straight couples on there. Om has too much time on their hands. They really do. Om needs to sit down, cross their legs, and say, Om. Seriously. Yes. And the episode is called Families, and a character named Penny introduces her two moms. She, all she said was, I live with my mommy and my other mommy. One mommy is a doctor, and one mommy cooks spaghetti. That's how the, they talk in the show. <laughs> Except with a better British accent than I have. Mine's more cockney. Of course it is. So the episode came about in response to a petition to include a same-sex couple in the show that garnered almost 24,000 signatures. And the episode caused international panic among conservatives. Far-right politicians in Italy denounced it, as did Russian lawmakers, one of whom called the cartoon pig a tool of hybrid war. It's a hybrid war now? They have two cartoon polar bears? Yes. Yes. Federico Malacone, cultural spokesperson for the Conservative Brothers of Italy Party, declared that the nation cannot accept gender indoctrination and claimed that, once again, the politically correct has struck at the expense of our children. But the thing is, Mm -hmm. there are people living with two mommies or two daddies. Mm Mm-hmm. So why can't they, when they're watching their show and they're under the adult age limit, right. see themselves represented? Exactly. Why can't they see themselves? They're trying to just erase all of that. Right. Which is what all of this seems to be about. They don't want to catch up with modern family. You with the modern family. That the modern family unit is not a mom, a dad. Well, the nuclear family exploded in the 60s. Exactly. Once once the moms and the dads started getting divorced and you had stepmoms and stepdads. And And women working. And women working. Right. All of that stuff. We can't go back to 1955. There's just no way to bundle our society and go backwards. Exactly. Exactly. First of all, we just passed 8 billion people. There's no way we could stuff ourselves back in 1950. Right. I totally agree. Totally agree. One thing I don't agree with is Stormy Daniels. Oh, she's the best. Stormy Daniels is back in the news. Has she ever gone away? She's hosting a gay dating show to help daddies and himbos find love. I love that word. She will live with the two groups of single gay men while serving as a show host and relationship advisor. So she's kind of like the Chris um, to, on The Bachelor. Oh, yeah. She's, Chris Harrison. Yeah, she's kind of like the Chris Harrison of of this new thing. Adult film director and director Stormy Daniels is set to host a gay dating show. For the Love of Dilfs is the name of the show. 
it will follow two groups of gay men daddies and himbos who will compete to find love and win a ten thousand dollar investment into their relationship daddies tend to be older men we know about that right and while the term himbo is a play on the derogatory term bimbo it refers to younger conventionally attractive generally generally muscle-bound guys now this is going to air on out tv of course it is and daniels will live with the two groups of single gay men while serving as the host and, and relationship advisor my gosh. I, I, I know. Now, one of the, one of the co-founders of the show's productive company, Daddy TV, explained the deadline. For years, the Internet has been obsessed with these two specific gay subcultures, which on the surface seems like total opposites. But if reality TV teaches us anything, it's that sometimes opposites attract. Okay, Paula Abdul. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I think that Stormy Daniels is the perfect one yes, to play matchmaker. What, and then he says there was no better person to help these men find love with each other than Stormy. <laughs> really? 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 Really, Seth. How and why? She's going to show them how to find love and then sue somebody? Well, <laughs> I think she's going to add some humor and heart to the show. I will say... Stormy Daniels has been a vocal LGBTQ ally. In December of 2018, she claimed that she canceled a gig at a Miami club in part because of the club owners called her assistant an anti-LGBTQ slur. In 2019, Daniels herself came out as bisexual in a Twitter post. I think she'll probably add some real good levity to it. I think so, too. I think she's... I think she is... I, I just want to see it. I can't wait to see it. I just can't believe that the word himbos is really catching on. I, me neither. Because I see people online use that. I have to. As a positive? Mm-hmm. Question mark? Yeah. Parentheses? Not as a slur. Yeah, I know. And not, not to bypass a slur either. Exactly. Now, let's talk about this. This is something I really want to talk about. And we got 15, 14 minutes left. So Candace Cameron Burr reveals the reason she quit Hallmark after 14 years. She is a former Full House star and made her debut on the Hallmark Channel in 2008 when she starred in Min- Moonlight and Mistletoe. There is, um, on, in a September 1st, 20, 21st interview with Variety, she revealed why she wanted to leave the Hallmark Channel after 14 years for Great American Media, a company that Bill Abbott, the former president of Crown Media, launched in 2021 as president and CEO. Now, Candace has become the C, the chief... Um, Drama officer... Yeah, the chief creative officer is what she's become, the CCO in that way. Um, and she has, she has said that, it's, that, that Hallmark Channel has been um, veering away from traditional marriage. And she made a little... Snide. Yeah, a little snide comment about it, that she has been taken to... Um, she has been taken to to her own words and to fess up to her words that she said and by anti LG by LGBTQ people like Jojo Siwa. Jojo Siwa stand up against it. There's a, a plenty of people have. Matter of fact, um, um, jo- Jody Swinson, 
who is uh, Sweeney, who is in the in Full House with Candace. She is sticking stuck up for the LGBTQ side of it, but but Candace has come off and said that it has really nothing to do with that. It was mainly that she she just wanted it's what she wants and it's her choice. Now, how do you feel about that? I think that they're perverting the word traditional mm-hmm. because on one hand, I understand what they're trying to use with it, mm-hmm. but since 2015, we are now traditional. Right. And I think that it's kind of sad that she had to leave Hallmark, which was her moneymaker, to go someplace else to seems like it, to make bigoted movies. Yes. Um, my take on it is, bye girl, see you later. Seriously. I mean... Uh, my thing is, bye girl, see you later. Um, I'm glad it's, it's her right. Absolutely. It's her right. And if she feels that way about the Hallmark Channel, then... I would much rather her go off and do her thing. And nobody watch it. Exactly. Then stay on the Hallmark Channel. And And get paid. Get paid. Exactly. I like more what Maureen Morris. Mm -hmm. Maureen Morris. Yes. Make DJ Tanner gay again. Yes. My face dropped when she came in for that. Yeah. I was like, wow, girl, you're going way back. Yes. Yes. Because that's a full house reference. Yeah. But I think, I, I just, I'm, I'm of the mindset that it's her decision. And yay, I wish you the best. See you later. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to put her down and say, oh, you're anti-gay. Or put her down and say, oh, this and that. Because she's not. She's not. She's not putting down gays in any way. She's just saying. But she's not bringing the inclu- inclusivity either. Exactly. That's why I say bye, girl. See you later. I, because she's not bringing the inclusivity. But that's her. That's her choice. And it's Hallmark's choice to have inclusivity. So right. I say, yay, Hallmark. Well, the, when everybody's sitting around, at least we're going to get maybe one representation in a in a. One of their movies. Right. Right. We're not getting that much. I mean, it's not going to be all gay all the time. Exactly. Exactly. Now, this one, I really, I really love this. What are the myths about being gay that gay believes? We've talked many times about things that straight people think are gay or things that if somebody does something, they uh, like, oh, my gosh, you're eating a lollipop. You must be gay. Well, these calls are coming from inside our so own house. So these are from, yes, coming from inside our own house. It was a recent Reddit thread. A user asked about comments about us gay from our gays. Are there any, if my first one that I think of is the whole thing that you're either feminine or masculine. There's no in between. Yeah, that one I learned a long time ago wasn't the case. Exactly. Exactly. People think that we have better taste or, or well, we think that we have better taste or we're more cultured than straight people. And that's an individual thing. Some people mm-hmm. are, and then there's going to be some people that just like wave the WT flag. Exactly. 
some people that they they can't match their clothes. That your life ends at thirty. Yes. Oh my. That gay men cannot be monogamous, and gays think that we think that about ourselves. Your sex position determines your gender expression. Yep. Which, that's completely off. Yep. That we're hornier or we talk about sex more than straight men. That straight men will eventually fall for you. Yep. Delusional. That being masculine or being mask is internalized homophobia. And my favorite one is that, that we all like mimosas and brunch. Now, I tell you, I like a good mimosa and I like a good brunch. But I, too, know that not all of us do. And that versatile doesn't exist. Oh, yes. Yes, that versatile doesn't exist. That's crazy. We can't say the other one. I know. <laughs> well, tops and bottoms are different species. And sometimes they are, but sometimes they're not. And that your sexual position in bed and your personality are the same thing. That we all like iced coffee. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I, I, what's funny is I, I love a good iced coffee. I can only drink. My stomach only allows me to drink half a cup of coffee in the morning, but then the afternoon I can drink all the iced coffee I can, and, and have no problem at all. Now this next one, I, it's kind of questionable. We all have to move to a neighborhood. Yeah, that is different because I say. You know, it, it, it's a community. It makes a community if we all move to the gayborhood. It, but we don't have to. And no. that's what it is. That's saying that we have to. No, exactly. Hmm. Because I know when I moved to San Francisco, I had the option to live in the Castro, and I chose to live a five-minute walk away. Right. I could get to it if I needed to, but I also had some peace and quiet. Right. The one I thought was really funny was that straight men will fall in love with you eventually the more you hook up with them. <laughs> like, Paging St. <Saint> Augustine. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm like, oh, really? Oh, my gosh. That's too, That's the one. There's just so many. That, you know, yeah. Yeah. There's so many that we just bring on ourselves. That if you're gay, you have to have your nails done. You that you a lot of gays think that oh yeah, if you're gay, you have to have you a have mani to petty. do mani pedis. I think that's a little bit of the younger gays, and definitely not the mechanic gays. Yeah, yeah, not the mechanic gays, which they are out there. Yes, they are. Not the not the construction gays, which they're out there. Yes, they are. Not any of the hands-on work. Worker bees. Worker bees. But mm. we're out there. We're everywhere. We are everywhere. So, you know, we, t we talked about Kit Connor last week on, um, on Heartstoppers and the one that was made that he was outed. Well, Chris Colfer, who was on Glee, he empathized for Kit Connor because he said he had a similar experience 15 years ago. Basically... When Chris Colfer, I don't know if anyone remembers, but he played Kurt Hummel on Glee, um, the role was tailored to him, but he was not out yet publicly about his sexuality. He was asked by his former Glee co-star what it was like playing a gay character when he hadn't come out himself. And 
he pretty much he explained that it was dangerous to be out in his hometown of Cal of Clovis, California as a teen. He said kids would get beat up. On one occasion someone got stabbed on their way to school. Being out and proud was not an option. So when he first heard that his character was going to be tailored to his personality, he was thrilled. But then when he got the script, he realized it was a gay character and he got terrified. So he came out once he moved to L.A. Of course. Right. Um, he wasn't ashamed at all. He really knew. He just wanted to be on a boat before he could call himself a sailor. Even during Glee, I would get called the F-bomb at auditions. When I would tell people those stories, they would say, what do you expect? You're an openly gay actor in Hollywood. He said that the episode on which he, he came out to his dad was a really lonely experience. There really wasn't much support for young gay people back then. And it was so long ago, what, 2010? Yeah, 20, 2009, 2009, 2009, 2009, yeah, but crazy. It is a completely different world. It there is. is a lot that has happened in the past 12 years. Yeah. But we have to keep building upon that. Yeah. And not regressing. And right, right, which is what we've all, you know, been talking about is all, you know, I mean, we talk about all the advancements that we can get. And then there is a side that is trying to pull Two back. steps forward, one step back. Two steps forward, five steps back. I mean, in Florida. Yeah. That's what's sad. Look at, you know, in Florida, what what we're going through texas is one of those other states too well like queen we too will break free yes we will because we are the champion and another one bites the dust okay poker face rat 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 okay it's been another edition of out loud orlando the homo happy hour the most unique radio show and podcast heard of its kind remember we are one human family fight the good fights Always swing first and let justice roll. We are somewhat dysfunctional, but we are still a human family. Remember, life is way too serious to be taken seriously. Seriously. I am your host, DJ Crazy JC John. I'm the Elderberry. I love you. I love you. And we will see you, you next Tuesday. Rat, 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 all right, Lady Gaga. All right, Poker Rat. <laughs> just Rat. Do, 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 okay, do. Just Rat. <laughs> Where's Ben and Willard? <laughs> <laughs>